Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hilarious. Is this an Archie's comic? Who's hotter, Betty or Veronica? Oh, man. Betty. We can't sit here and talk about the hottest cartoon characters. I would, it, 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 it's, it's disturbing. John, by the way, has looked it up. Drawing sexual arousal to cartoon characters. How about that? I think Rod would do a great interview with an expert on people attracted to cartoon characters. Not happening. It's a sports show. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the RP Show. Come on up inside and get comfortable because we have a lot to go over today. We really do. Don't mind me. I'm just tweeting stuff, telling the world that we're live on Game Plus TV right now. WQEE Radio, where we remain Atlanta's NHL show. Right, Ryan, on radio? What else we got? Streaming, YouTube Live, and we're ready to rock. It's episode number 1163, and please bring in Darren Moose DuPont. He is just off the Provincial Women's Curling Championships where he was working, I don't know, how many hours a day was it, Moose? A ridiculous amount. Don't be humble. How many hours a day was it? About 16, front to back. Uh, although the last, the last hour was, was spent drinking a beer, too, so that really wasn't work. <laughs> yeah. You were working farmer's hours, farmer's hours, and we're happy to have yes. him here ready to talk sports today. Coming up, Mike Benton in hour one, Seattle Kraken broadcaster, and Jeff Reinbold, newly named defensive line coach from the University of Hawaii, Rainbow Warriors. That's it. Can you hit the quick six show horn, please? Director Jordan, we'll get into it. How about that? Nice to have Moose back. And producer Clark, too. The others did a great job, but the gang's all together again, guys, and it's nice to see you all. And, man, do we have a lot to go through. Uh, just so you know, I'm going to give you a roadmap here. We got NHL leftovers coming out of the weekend, junior hockey wars, five teams defecting from Alberta, going to the BC Hockey League. It's a big deal, and you thought college football was screwed up. It's a very similar kind of deal. I got... Uh, NBA, NHL tonight, Corey Perry signing with the orders. The orders officially announced it. So, yeah, we, that's all coming up here. But first, we open with football. Travis Kelsey caught two touchdown passes, and the Kansas City Chiefs advanced to their sixth straight AFC championship game following a 27-24 divisional round playoff win over the host Buffalo Bills on Sunday night. Buffalo's Tyler Bass missed a 44-yard field goal with 143 left in the game to basically, well, no, to seal it for the Chiefs. If he'd made it, it would have tied the game. They would have gone on, but him missing it, it was over. And then also Sunday, the game nobody's talking about. The Detroit Lions edged the visiting Tampa Bay Buccaneers 31-23 and advanced to the NFC Championship for the first time in 32 years. Now, Darren, stick with me and everybody else. Everybody can talk about the X's and O's football, nuts and, nuts and bolts stuff, and we'll get to that. But what are, what, what are we all talking about? Jason Kelsey going to the game travis kelsey's brother the center of the eagles said he whether he's going to retire or not is another story 
He's in a luxury suite in Buffalo on the road. Taylor Swift's in that suite. Brittany Mahomes is in that suite. Patrick Mahomes' wife. And as we find out, Zach Caleros is in that suite. Their college football buddy, the quarterback of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And they're all getting pissed and Kelsey's ripping his shirt off and jumping into the crowd. You know what it reminded me of? And, and I'll remind you, this is on the road. And Kelsey plays for another team. Whether he's retired or not, he's still got a check coming. You know that from the Eagles, I'm sure. Right? It was just wild. Yeah. I'm like, what's going on here? I think it's fantastic. But I thought of this. This is the topic for everybody. Sober Carpenter text line, 902-518-3033. Write in. Or if you're watching on YouTube, you can comment there too. Where do you ever remember somebody coming into your place and just taking it over like that? I mean, I listened to ESPN radio this morning. I ran five miles over Johnny O's, and they were all talking about the Bills, how they'll never, ever get over the hump. And Josh, listen, we got time for that. But here's a more fun thing. They came in and just, they owned it. They owned their place. They took their lunch money and roughed them up a little bit and then took off. And they're probably going to do the same thing in Baltimore. You know what it reminded me of was the 2008, and you might remember this because you were a Ryder fan at the time, CFL Western semifinal where the BC Lions came into our place at Taylor Field, the old place in Regina, kicked our ass, and we very famously had a hot tub off the corner of the end zone. Remember that? That people yeah. would win a contest, you can go sit in the hot tub and watch the game. To at least two, maybe three or four Lions, BC Lions, went and jumped in that hot tub after. And we're sitting there, and there's, no, there's nothing we could do about it. And I was thinking of hockey games where fa other fan bases have come in and kind of, but it, it, not like that. Do you remember? I mean, you're a Leaf fan. Nobody goes into Scotiabank Arena and takes that over. And I'm sorry, I, sh I should have teed this up on you. Does anybody out there remember somebody coming in and owning the other team's place like that Chiefs gang did last night? It was something to watch, wasn't it? It, it really is. It was something else. It, it reminded me of like a biker gang in a movie. If you, if you know the movie Wild Hogs, that's what comes to mind. The biker gang comes into the local bar, right? They drink all your beer. They eat all your food. They rough up the place a little bit and they leave without paying, right? Like that's literally what it was. Um, I can't. There's no, there's no good example to that. I mean, you mentioned the Leafs and, and you know, Clark was just in, in Calgary. And we, we saw the, the chance in Edmonton, you know, in years past, you know, a lot of Leaf fans would storm those buildings, Western Canadian Leaf fans, and it'd be more Leaf fans than Oiler fans in Edmonton. And they would cheer louder yeah. and they'd win the game and then go home. That's maybe the closest I can think of, but this is something else, man. Yeah, apparently it happened in, in the saddle on the other night. Now that I think about it. Serena and I were talking about it the next morning. She was looking at the highlights and videos of fans that they'd put up on Instagram and Twitter and how the orders just went into the saddle room and owned it. They beat the Flames 3-1. They're chanting, let's go, Oilers. And the Flames, they can't really do anything. And now that I think about that, forget about Wild Hogs. Anybody that was watching on YouTube before we went to air here, we used to have bush parties at this little roadside rest stop on the way from our home to the U.S. border. It was only what was it, 45 miles to the U.S. border from where I was raised. And we saw those parties there all the time, and one time this biker gang showed up, and that, that's exactly what they did. They took all our booze. I'm pretty sure one of the gals jumped on the back of a bike and left with them, and we're like, what? 
That's exactly what happened in Buffalo last night. I'm going to skip ahead for a second before I get to the hockey, because that's what a lot of people came here today. Who are we cheering for the rest of the way? Because, again, nobody's talking about the Bucks and the uh, Lions, but Baker, my guy Baker with Tampa Bay, had a chance at the end of the, well, a little over a minute to go, but a minute and a half to go to drive the field and potentially tie up that game and win it. And he throws a pick and it's over. I'm like, ah. Oh. I'm probably going to cheer for Detroit now. And I was almost, I was thinking about tweeting this morning. They're now America's team, right? The Lions? But yeah. I shouldn't speak for everybody. They're, that's who I'm going to cheer for. But between, what do we got left? We got the Ravens, the Chiefs, the 49ers, and the Detroit Lions. All those other teams have been there, done that. It's got to be Detroit, doesn't it? The rest of the way for it, everybody? Rooting interest? It has to be. Detroit is the feel-good story. It is the story that unless you're a fan of Baltimore, which there's a lot, especially with Lamar Jackson. Um, Lamar hasn't won one. But, you know, unless you're a fan of Baltimore or, or the 49ers or you're a fan of the Chiefs, um, you're going to be cheering for Detroit. And the Lions have something. The Dan Campbell effect, Jared Goff's redemption story. Um, they're a fun team to watch, and they're getting better. So I'm really excited. And now, you know, when you think about things playing out a certain way, the 49ers don't have Debo Samuel. Yeah, apparently, he's 50-50 oh, yeah. now. This morning, it comes out. He's 50-50 for the NFC Championship game. So even if he plays, it won't be at 100%. That's a big loss for them. If they can take away Christian McCaffrey, oh, boy. The Lions go to the Super Bowl. I'm going to be really happy that we're there. Um, I encourage everybody to write in with their comments right now. I'll get to them as soon as I can. Uh, but we have a lot to get to on this Monday, coming in hot out of a very busy weekend. Um, I think people do need to be reminded. I'm over it. I've let it go. We have new viewers all the time. I opened up the text line, 902-518-3033, and people were writing me throughout the weekend. And I'm like, I don't open the phone. It's only for show hours. So it's, as you see, my mind was drifting a bit as you were talking because I'm like, we have texts coming in here about all kinds of things, including my Cats and Bolts Panthers podcast. I'm like, I can't deal with that now. But that's, um, that's on me. But we used to, Darren, cheer for the team that knocked you out. That was a thing where I came from. It's called sportsmanship. Is there any left in the world? Is that, is that not still a thing? That's what we do. You cheered for the team that knocked you out, not to mention if they want to go to win it all, it makes you look better. Is that still a thing in sports? Please, because I kind of feel with every day that it's passing me by. Well, I always thought that, you know, you could feel better if, if the team that knocked you out, you know, won the Super Bowl. You could say, hey, well, we, were the, we could have been the second best team. If we hadn't lost to them, we could have been in the Super Bowl. Um, there's that. But I think also at the same time, you're so mad about the team that beat you that you're like, don't want to cheer for them. You kind of want them to lose. So I think we've, we've come full circle, and I don't know where we sit now on this, to be honest. I don't know what we're found any resolution. <laughs> I'm not changing. I'm too old to change because that's a good trait. You cheer for the team that knocked you out the rest of the way. Good luck, guys. Great series. Ah, but I'm not even sure that's a thing anymore. And as I sit here, my guy Tank, writing in from the Energy City, he says, if the Lions make the Super Bowl in my lifetime... Before the Minnesota Vikings, I'm jumping off the Tower Cafe. Look, well, here's what I can guarantee you. I'll be at Super Bowl, and Darren's going to smile when I say this. I'm not going to use any names, 
But I'm going to Super Bowl. I got a couple of nights hotel for $22 a night. And it's at, I've stayed there before. It's a decent hotel. It ain't the Bellagio, but it's not a flea bag either. Okay. And then the Friday, Saturday, I'm staying at a friend's. And my friend said, you can stay at my house. And he's going to be there. But I don't want any strangers in my house. Because I've had people asking if he would be willing to open up his house to Airbnb or whatever. And this morning, I just got a text. I saw him, Darren. Okay, Rod, we know that your friend won't allow any strangers, but will he allow this former big-name NFL quarterback to stay? Can you ask? Like, what do, I, what, do I, what do I do? I don't want to be that guy. My friend said, you can stay, but nobody else. Well, how about this really big-name starting quarterback from the 90s? I'm afraid to ask. But you had very good advice. Do you want to tell the world what the advice was? I, I, very, that's why I'm glad I asked. Well, a couple of things. One is, you know, when God opens a door, you got to walk through it. And this isn't, although he may be a stranger, he's not a stranger. You know what I mean? Like, Tom Brady's a stranger, okay? I don't know Tom, but he's not. If Tom asks to come for dinner, he's coming for dinner, you know? And all of a sudden, yeah. your friends run in one of the hottest bed and breakfasts in the Strip. It's pretty good. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and I kind of I'm sitting here going, maybe my friend would be offended if I didn't ask him. But this happened right. just before we just before we went to air, because I haven't dropped the fact that I've I've now got a role at Super Bowl, which I'm very excited about, and this quarterback is going to be part of the thing that I'm part of. And I'm with you. I'm kind of shocked that he couldn't get a room, but that that that, that doesn't matter now. He can't. So the organizer was like, well, God, can so-and-so stay at your friend's house? The organizer said, we want you to do this thing to the big-name quarterback, and we'll cover your room. Problem is, they can't get a room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, what a life. All true. Okay, moving on, NHL leftovers. Austin Matthews scored his 38th goal of the season as the visiting Toronto Maple Leafs edge the Seattle Kraken 3-1 in NHL play Sunday night. Nicholas Robertson and Jake McCabe also scored for the Leafs, who lost 6-4 to the Canucks in Vancouver a night earlier. Jordan Eberle scored for the Kraken, who have lost four straight games. Later on this hour, Mike Benton will join us from the Kraken broadcast crew. Bo Horvat scored 41 seconds into overtime as the New York Islanders, with new coach Patrick Waugh on the bench, edged the visiting Dallas Stars 3-2 Sunday night. King Roa, who replaced the fired Lane Lambert, was officially announced on Sunday. So the Islanders are 1-0 under Patrick Waugh, now number three all-time in NHL wins by goaltenders. And all I'll say is the rumors that Patrick Waugh was blackballed in the NHL were clearly false. Not at least by Lou Lamorello, who's hired him to save the Isles. But I'm not going to spend any more time on that. Point three, Corey Perry officially announced this morning as signing with the Edmonton Oilers. I think everybody knows what our Oilers analyst uh, Serena thinks about that. <laughs> she said she'd rather clip her nails with a rusty nail than sign Corey Perry. Well, he's there now. And so that's our poll question today for Key Auto Group. At the Key Auto Group, you're driven by safety. Experience peace of mind with our comprehensive multi-point inspections. Visit keyautogroup.ca for automotive excellence. I don't need a real on-the-spot update from Twitter or YouTube. The last I saw, it's like, it's pretty much 50-50 whether the order should have signed Corey Perry or not. She's hated Corey Perry way back Anaheim days. 
So it's got nothing to do with the way he ended in Chicago or anything like that. I wouldn't have signed him. And I really enjoyed listening to NHL radio this morning. Bruce Boudreau was on there. He, Scott Laughlin, they all agreed. Why? You just won your 13th game in a row. And, and Gabby went deeper into that, Darren. He was like, not only would you, why tinker with this? I thought of this on the weekend. When you put in Corey Perry, somebody's got to come out. And as Gabby said, you bring in these new guys, well, the guys that have been clipping on the power play are now off the power play because of the new people. And all of a sudden, you got hurt feelings in the dressing room. Why would you do that? So for me, it's a no. What is it for you? I'm okay with it. Um, I, I lean your way because I, I don't think you should tinker with it. But the perspective I provide on this is a couple of things. Because of the Blackhawks situation, um, their tolerance for any behavior or any issues is going to be, you know, very strict. And obviously the Oilers have done their due diligence. There was other teams in the mix that were doing their due diligence. So obviously they're okay with whatever happened, or at least um, have come to terms with the whole situation and are okay to move forward. The second is, we all thought the same thing when Evander Kane came into that locker room in Edmonton. And that's worked out pretty well. It worked out really well when he first came in. So I would say... I trust the leaders in that Edmonton locker room. I think the locker room is obviously secure enough to handle personalities like this, so I don't think it'll be a distraction. Arlen Bruce the third writes in. He says, great morning, RP and Moose. The Madden curse is real. Josh Allen is still a great quarterback. Chiefs versus Lions in Super Bowl 58. See, ADD all over the place. All these topics on the go. And there's a lot of stuff we haven't even got to yet. We will when we come back. Mike Benton and Jeff Reinbold on the way. We are live on the Game Plus Television Network, WQEE Radio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube Live. Need a champion for your charity event? An all-star for your seminar? How about an Olympian to give a winning keynote speech? EMJ Marketing is the place to go. EMJ Marketing is one of Canada's top speaker bureaus with some of Canada's most recognizable athletes and entertainers on their roster. EMJ also represents a wide range of impactful keynote speakers and MCs. So whether you need to fill a spot on stage or someone to arrange the entire event, do it with one stop, EMJ Marketing. Take the first step to success for your next event. Visit emjmarketing.com. Hey, honey, can you get one of the kids to show me how this Twitter thing works? Honey, I need to get on Instagram. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. Hey, everybody. Uh, boy, we got a lot on the uh, table today. But, but curling, Canada's top men's curling teams are thick into the season. Their eyes are firmly focused on the 2024 Montana's Briar, presented by AGI in Regina, Saskatchewan. And the tickets are on sale now. Depending on the draw, $24 to $70, but youth tickets are just $9.99 for all draws, any location. Curling Canada is committed to providing affordable options so the entire family can enjoy this world-class event. Don't wait. Get your tickets now at curling.ca slash tickets. And if we can bring the moose in, um, you just finished the Provincial Women's Scotties in Saskatchewan. Would you mind, because we're so big in Saskatchewan, just giving a 30-second wrap on that, Darren, please? 
What a week. Uh, Michelle Englott lost her first two, went on a six-game heater, lost in a tie or a semifinal game. But Skylar Ackerman, a young skip, 22 years old, youngest winner ever in Saskatchewan's history. First one was in 1948. Pretty amazing. So uh, Skylar Ackerman and her rink of Saskatoon are going to represent Saskatchewan at the Scotties in Calgary next month. Nice, nicely done. And by the way, to the streets, Dallas, an Oilers fan watching on Game Plus television right now regarding, he's a, he's a big Oilers fan. He says 100% yes. They'll be sending players down. It's depth for the playoffs. The Oilers have done this with many players. The locker room will be fine. That's from Dallas, who's very confident in his convictions. I guess we'll find out. So put him down as a yes. This is why a lot of people came here today. We will put a detour, detour in the NFL talk. There is CFL news. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders have extended kicker Brett Lowther, our close personal friend, through the 2026 season. Kicker Brett Lowther extending with Sask through 2026. The Ottawa Red Blacks have signed wide receiver Dominique Rimes. And there were a few other things. We'll come back on those. The Alberta Junior Hockey League, apparently caught off guard by the defection of five teams, has scratched four games from their schedule while it evaluates further implications. I'm reading this from a story that was re uh, written on Saturday and posted to rodpeterson.com, so it might be slightly out of date. The Blackfalls, Bulldogs, Brooks Bandits, Okotoks Orders, Sherwood Park Crusaders, and Spruce Grove Saints have joined the neighboring BC Hockey League. The Alberta Junior League, which said Saturday it had received no official notice from those teams, canceled four weekend games. The old Grizzlies were supposed to have played Black Falls on Saturday, while the Bandits, Brooks, were to have hosted the Drayton Valley Thunder. On Sunday, the Calgary Canucks were scheduled to host the Saints, and the White Court Wolverines were supposed to visit the Bandits. In May, the BCHL shook up the hockey world by revealing it is becoming an independent league, opting not to renew an agreement with Hockey Canada. At the time, BCHL CEO... Chris Hebb said, quote, Junior A hockey has been undervalued in Canada, unquote, indicating that college tracking was the trend and where a lot of NHL players were coming from. Hebb said 33% of the NHL is coming from college, so why in Canada can we not have a league that's doing a heck of a job of creating college commitments be supported as an alternative to major junior? So I guess if you take at face value the comments of Chris Hebb from the BC Hockey League, it's strictly for player development. Some of the teams that have been, okay. For those that don't know, I've been around the junior hockey scene my whole entire life. And I still don't totally understand the benefit of these teams defecting or BCHL breaking off and creating their own league. Darren, I don't. Um, there are coaches from other teams that have stayed behind that are texting me and saying they've been warned not to say anything. I've had coaches of other teams say they have gotten in trouble from commissioners for saying things. There's a lot of hurt feelings here. And just the fans. I've seen Alberta junior hockey fans lash out at these teams saying they've betrayed their own province by defecting from the AJ and going to play in BC. Now, they're saying player development. I think that's the company line. I've had others say money. And isn't that always the way? Money, the root of all evil. But I don't know, I don't know how much more they're going to attract at the gate. 
Their expenses, I think, will be up. And they, and, and by the way, a parent of a player that I will not say who or even who the kid plays for, but he's in the AJ, said this has thrown everything into flux and that those five teams have been kicked out of the AJA effect, uh, AJHL effective immediately. They're, you're gone. As soon as Hockey Canada and the AJHL got word of this defection, which obviously would have taken place in the future, they're like, you're done. But as we see here today, there's been no official announcement that they've been kicked out permanently, right? Effective immediately that we can see. I imagine that the lawyers are locked in a boardroom and just going through every possible scenario. You know, the emotional reaction is to, is to kick them out and, and not let them finish the season. No Centennial Cup representative. No, you know, for, for those teams. I mean, obviously the AJ would still send somebody. But, you know, I, I would imagine. But the lawyers are sitting there being like, okay, let's not act emotionally, right? And what did Jessica Pearson say in Suits, right? We don't make major life decisions when we're reeling from a loss. So we got to just chill now in the boardroom, you know, get all the legal information and make a, a, a decision from a calm place, from an area of knowledge and just, you know, relax. So it's going to take a little bit of time. In the interim, they cancel some games. We're in an era of if it's not the best, you know, do I really want to watch? And do I want to support it? And do I want to spend my money on it? So I think, you know, when you look at the BCHL, now you're not part of Hockey Canada and considered the second best league behind the Western Hockey League. Um, now maybe you can try and sell it as we're the best in this era for this reason, you know, and trying to sell that. And now we've got these, you know, Alberta teams coming in. But it's just a lot of complication, really. And I don't, and messy, and I don't really know where it's going to go from here because, you know, these teams coming over, yeah, it creates you know, a little less in terms of rules and things you have to follow in terms of making your players mm. eligible for the NCAA. But the more players you can send to the NCAA, the more players get drafted out of your league, the easier it's going to be to recruit players to come play for you. And the better players you have that keep playing in, you know, NCAA and the NHL, the easier it is to sell that to the fans, to buy tickets. So I don't really know what's I, next year. I guess. Bill Edwards writing in. He says, the story in Calgary was cost-saving on travel and expenses. Well, that's one thing I've heard is money. However you want to say what's behind the money, that's the one thing. The bar flies and Winnipeg writes in and says, better call Harvey Specter. He'd have this thing settled by now. You know he would. Oh, yeah. Uh, from Jeff, the Stamps fan, he says, if the heads are that emotional, there are bigger issues. Well, that's why I brought up college football, because it's very similar to college football. The teams defecting from conferences, announced coaches leaving. Like there is, it's very similar to, to that. And that'll be the 127th floor of my tombstone that Darren is in charge of erecting. College football is the same as junior hockey. The ages are the same. The money's not the same. But you get the point. And I'm... Yeah. I'm kind of with you, but you say in, in terms of selling what's the better level of hockey. Well, Canadians do know. Sometimes I wonder if they do really know. I had a good friend that worked with the Calgary Canucks, and he said when Kale McCarr came through with the Brooks Bandits, the Kale McCarr, greatest defense, but in the NHL, with playing with Brooks, there was more NHL scouts in the building than fans. Because the scouts knew, but the fans didn't. You know what I mean? So, yeah. If sorry, did you have something? No, I 
you know, and that's that's on the teams too to make sure you sell your players, um, you know, in a way to sell the league. But it's it's a never ending battle, and and it's you know is is the BCHL trying to trying to create a bit of a super league. Um, I'm curious to see where this goes because Hockey Canada clearly has has said you know if the BCHL is not part of us, part of Hockey Canada, we're not touching it. You know, we're not sending a rep. To the you're not having a rep in the Centennial Cup, you won't play for a Canadian national championship. Um, you know, fans get emotional and say, "Well, Saskatchewan and BC should join forces, or Saskatchewan and Manitoba should join forces and create a Super League together." You know, and then you get a rivalry series with them. Well, it's that stuff's not happening as long as you know we're under the Hockey Canada governance, right? Yeah, well, I'm going to move on, but I'll say this. As we sit here on a Monday, nothing's been determined, I guess, in terms of those five teams being kicked out effective immediately from the AJ, although I was told that Saturday night. And let's remember who reported this was coming down the pipe in 2021. Yours truly, and I was soundly flogged. The teams denied it, and three years later it did happen. As usual, I showed up to the party way too early. (laughs) So that's why I don't report on this stuff anymore. Brian... In Hudson's bases, the curling was great. Great job, Moose. Looking forward to the men's now. From Bob McAllister, he said, Moose did Saskatchewan proud. Great job. Thank you, Bob. And there you go, Moose. We are Saskatchewan Sports Show. And that's why we're brought to you in part by Telemiracle and Keato Group and all these wonderful Saskatchewan sponsors. Rob is watching in Winnipeg, and he says, Hey, Rod, you, writes in on the 902 line, you talk about a team coming in and stealing your lunch money. I remember a few years ago, the Ticats came to Winnipeg, and during a bare bum spanking, they kept on jumping into a fishing boat parked in the end zone after every touchdown. And there were many touchdowns scored by the Ticats that day. Thank goodness Mike O'Shea came in, and that hasn't happened since. That's from Rob in Winnipeg. We all remember those highlights. TSN ran them for years. Those guys jumping in that boat. (laughs) Oh, man, it sucks to have that happen. I think we've all had it happen. It's getting that sand kicked in your face thing. And by the way, I find it entertaining, but do you think it's unsportsmanlike to do that? I mean, I'm all about the entertainment. I was mad when the BC Lions did it to us, but I wasn't, I didn't think about it much afterwards. Is it unsportsmanlike or not? Of course it is. Of course it is. But sometimes that's what makes the best rivalries. You know, you, you need to hate somebody and have some bad things happen to create a rivalry and make the eventual win that much sweeter. I think just for Buffalo fans, they're wondering if the eventual win against Kansas City is ever going to happen in the playoffs because it's happened so many times that they've lost that game. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Again, I don't really have an opinion. A bill... Again, same guy, Bill Edwards, writes, and he says, 55 to 60% Oiler fans in Calgary, standing room spots behind accessible spots were full. Um, well, we, we did come into Calgary and take that stadium over. There's no doubt. A lot of Stampeders fans, well, with the football, the Stampeders fans would sell their tickets for the game Saskatchewan was there. They didn't even want to be around. And that's the one thing I spent a lot of time, I think anybody who watches this show knows the last two years in Calgary, and I talked to some of the media conglomerates and magnates, and they're like, people just can't get over the fact that you're the rider guy in this town. I'm like, I was doing a job. And in a way, performing a role. Ah. One guy specifically said, when you play the villain in pro wrestling for so many years, 
Even when you turn, nobody believes it. I'm like, ah. Moose, I'll see you in hour two. See you then. We're going to Seattle next. We're live on the Game Plus Television Network, WQEE Radio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube Live. Are you struggling in life, perhaps feeling hopeless, or even battling an addiction that's taking your life down the drain? It's time you made the decision to stop the struggle and contact Peterson Recovery. Hi, Rod Peterson here, and I've been a licensed recovery coach since 2017, helping athletes, entertainers, and soldiers get their lives back and go on to lead a happy life. Now, I'd like to help you. Mental health is real, and sometimes all it takes is some guidance from someone who's been there. Follow Peterson Recovery on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and DM me or email petersonrecovery at AOL.com. It's never too late. Send us your opinions now. We won't victimize you unless you really deserve it. Now back to your host, Rod Peterson. Hey, everybody. Uh, just a reminder that Telemiracle 5050 is another way to support Telemiracle and also have the chance to win half a jackpot. It's truly a win-win for Saskatchewan residents. Get your tickets now at Telemiracle5050.com. You just have to be 18 years of age or over or in the province of Saskatchewan. Well, Austin Matthews scored his 38th goal of the season as the visiting Toronto Maple Leafs edged the Seattle Kraken 3-1 in NHL play on Sunday night. Ebbs scored in a losing cause for the Kraken, who have lost four in a row now. Mike Benton is on the Kraken radio crew, and he joins us now from the Emerald City. And, Mike, I'll say this about your team. They're consistent. <laughs> long win streaks, <laughs> long enough losing streaks. Uh, what was the atmosphere in there last night with that Kraken loss? Well, Rod, I, I think there was a lot left on the table. There was plenty of energy at Puck Drop because you've got the Maple Leafs, one of the original six franchises coming into the building, and a sense of Seattle fans not seeing this team on their own home ice for about two weeks. They were on a long six-game road trip, so there was growing concern of last night not being so much a must-win game, but they would like to at least like get, get one of those uh, like to win games, if I can state it that way here, because coming off of three losses in a row, it really put them behind the eight ball once again to play catch up in this Western Conference playoff race. They they were down Vince Dunn, Matty Beneers, Yanni Gord to his two game suspension. So there was a sense that the Kraken had to take advantage of a team that was playing on back to back nights in the Maple Leafs, but all that anticipation was wiped away really in the first seven minutes of the game. When they squandered a power play, Austin Matthews got the first goal of the game, and it, it went against the grain of what they were looking to do was strike first, capitalize early, and then build momentum. And then to top it off, they had no shots in the first 12 minutes of period three. So you give credit here to the Maple Leafs, who played a fantastic bounce-back game, and they had plenty of energy and made life difficult for the Kraken to get sustained pressure and shots on net. But the feeling was there was a lot left on the table as far as what they could do to capitalize on momentum, sustain it, and as a result uh, with that, two, two valuable points off the table against Maple Leafs team that is also playing in a pretty dire situation right now. 
wonderful thing about uh, daytime sports talk is updating live events. So this morning, Corey Perry, live news, Corey Perry officially announced his signing with the Edmonton Oilers. What in your mind does this do to the Pacific Division, Mike? Well, as far as what Corey Perry offers on the ice, I mean, let's just put it this way. His production that was high end when he played with Ryan Getzlaff as well in the rearview mirror, but uh, he's got more games than you can shake a stick at for his career in this league. And on paper, you look at Edmonton and what they gain with that kind of presence in the room. Now, the issues aside from that, that's only going to make their team stronger as far as what they have on paper here. We'll see how he integrates in the room. But even before then, I think to me, Edmonton was about roughly two weeks removed from having a team that was in the crosshairs in question here for the Kraken. Could they catch them? I mean, they're they're playing on another planet at this point. And whatever stems that they had from their bad start in the first several weeks is now gone. And it, it's crazy to think how far out of the playoff picture they were back in November. And now they may have a shot to win this thing and win the Pacific Division, let alone, of course, go on a deep Stanley Cup run. We'll wait and see there. So to me, it puts Edmonton up another tier based on Corey Perry's experience in the postseason. That's valuable. You can't obviously put a cap on that as far as what that could do for your team in the postseason. So on the Kraken side, I look at what can they do right now to pick up steam once again to find and ways to catch an L.A. team that right now is struggling to catch a Nashville team that is still hanging around the wild card chase right now. And the, the window is getting tighter and tighter as far as teams who are being separated from division contenders to being right now on the fringe. So Edmonton took that next big step, I think. But they did so, I think, to me about roughly two, two and a half weeks ago here. So it only accentuates as far as what they have. And so from the Kraken side, I look at what can they do to catch somebody else at this point. Well, when the Kraken were on this franchise record win streak recently, I'm sure you guys thought that <laughs> away we go, we're a contender. And now you lost four in a row. <laughs> Take me inside this. What team are they? And what are they thinking, do you think, ahead of the trade deadline here? Well, it's a very good question, Rod. And I, I, I said it myself after the Winter Classic on air for our post-game show, the Seattle Kraken are back. Now, the difference between the Kraken then and the Kraken at this point is hell. And it can be a convenient excuse because they've got no Vince done at this point. And Ron Francis hinted to me about a few days ago, he's closer right now than Matty Beneers. Even then, Beneers amidst his struggles is still a very important piece of this offense. And we've seen flashes of what he can do based on this last season the issue right now is consistency maybe even strength as well for his game but then you had andre burakovsky in and out of the lineup you've had pierre edward belmar who has played a valuable face-off role he's been hurt for quite a while they just got Jaden schwartz as well back after the winter classic here so i look at the question of what can this team do based on their health because they really haven't had maybe except one or two games of a full roster that's a caveat here for this team is can they stay healthy and health is something that is completely uncontrollable in the nhl last year they had an incredible run of health and the only big bump they really had aside from maybe philip grubauer and martin jones filled the void early in the season was andre burakovsky 
around February, and he was done for the season. They found ways to fill the gaps from there. I'm curious what this team can do once they get Vince Dunn back on that blue line. If you take goaltenders out of the mix here, and I think Joey Decord right now is the MVP of this team right now for this season, I would love to see what they can do once again once Dunn is healthy and he's back on that blue line. Not just here from the prep, from the point production standpoint, but also from the way that he can move the puck up ice. He eats big minutes with Adam Larson. He's well known to take that next step on this team. He eats a ton of minutes as far as what he can do five-on-five five power play-wise. And once you put a big piece of the engine right back in place, that's where I think to me is now go time for this team. They've got maybe the excuse built in that they've got injuries and health against them, but that's going to go away maybe in about, I would say, a week or two weeks when you can finally get you know bodies healthy back once again. Decord's your, you guys all-star, right? Uh, as of this point, Oliver Bjorkstrand, although there's the growing, <laughs> growing uh, conversation of did Joey Decord get robbed for an all-star game spot, but uh, he's been playing like one certainly for the last several weeks, Rod. Okay, I'm just I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to remember. I apologize. Who was repping Seattle yeah. at the oh, all-star okay. game? Okay, so what's the schedule ahead for uh, the crack of this week, Mike? Very very large as far as the impact it can make for this team's fortunes. You know, they just got done playing Toronto, which. You know, they're a, a tough team, they're on the inside, but now they've had a bit of a release as far as the strength of schedule, you know, all the way up until roughly the All-Star break. So they'll have Chicago coming up and they're banged up all over the place on Wednesday. Connor Bedard's out, Taylor Hall's out, Anthony CU, Tyler Johnson, I could go on. Then you've got St. Louis, which, you know, we're still asking what kind of team they are. They're on the outside. Uh, you wrap up with the Columbus Blue Jackets on this homestand. Uh, they're right now going to be a lottery team, it looks like, at this point. And then the San Jose Sharks, who are on a, a speeding bullet train to being a lottery team right now. So there are some valuable points that are still on the table yet ready to be swiped. And so you, you, you look at this next stretch coming up before the All-Star break, and if you're inside this Kraken team, you ask, what can we do to try to hold the fort down with the bodies out? Can we keep the game simplified here? And if they do that, they got a pretty good chance to, you know, Bite off, bite off a good chunk of progress here as we get toward uh, February as well. All right. Benton on the mic. Mike Benton of the Kraken Radio Crew. Thanks, Mike. Enjoy the games. Appreciate the time. Anytime, Rod. Thank you. We'll be right back with a sports update and audience takeover after this. We are live on the Game Plus Television Network. It's available all across the state of Washington and Oregon on TDS Cable. Also, WQEE Radio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube Live. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
Did you know you can catch all the best moments from the show on all our social media platforms? Now back to the studio with Rob. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, it's a shorty here. <clears throat> and we'll get to the sports update in a moment. But Dean Tix is watching in Green Bay right now on Game Plus Television. And regarding the weekend NFL games, he says it still stings, but my Packers had the game for the taking. They let multiple chances to put the game away slip away and didn't capitalize. Outplayed San Fran until the end of the game. Proud of them for making the playoffs in a brighter future. Well... Brock Purdy is not looking so irrelevant anymore. He hasn't for quite some time, and he won him the game. Should be a doozy this weekend in San Fran Lions and 49ers. But you're right, Dean. The future is bright for Green Bay. So the breaking news on this Monday, veteran forward Corey Perry has agreed to a one-year contract with the orders. The team made it official Monday morning. The former Hart Trophy winner's contract was terminated by the Chicago Blackhawks in November for what the team called inappropriate conduct. Perry will join an Oilers team that is riding a franchise record 13-game winning streak. And I should throw it out here right now. The poll question today for our friends at Key Auto Group is, is it a good move or bad move by the Edmonton Oilers to sign Corey Perry? And uh, seven, no, 69% of you saying it's a good move to sign Corey Perry. How and that, that includes a lot of our audience. A lot of our audience today. I, I guess I said no, didn't I? But I will say this about Ken Holland. And you, you got to take Oiler fans' emotions out of it because they're just not rational. Ken Holland has won Stanley Cups. He knows what it takes. And he wouldn't be doing this if he didn't think this was a good move. And I'm kind of being sold on the... The dressing room chemistry isn't as big a deal as you might think. I'm not concerned about the Chicago incident or whatever. You don't last 12, what did I write down here? 1,273 games in the NHL and be that big of a jerk. Something happened, yes, but not egregious enough to be banned forever, clearly. And you think the Edmonton owners don't know what that was? Sure, they would have found out what that was and deemed it not that big a deal because they're signing him. The Toronto Raptors host the Memphis Grizzlies tonight in a battle of struggling NBA teams. The Raps have just one win in their last seven games, while the Grizzlies have dropped two in a row. Raptors center Jakob Pertl will miss his eighth straight game with a strained left ankle. The hockey coverage and sports update are brought to you by Common Crown Brewing Company, turning your everyday common beer into a unique and exceptional experience. Visit commoncrown.ca. And also for landmark cinemas, in theaters now, Mean Girls. From the comedic mind of Tina Fey comes a new twist on the modern classic, Mean Girls, in theaters now. To the text line we go, 902-518-3033, presented by Sober Carpenter, non-alcoholic craft beers. We got so many, so many topics on the table today. David in Winnipeg says, Buffalo at least wins at snow shoveling. Yeah. That's a question uh, we'll bring up next hour. Who, who are you cheering for now? I'd still like to say that I would like to think we're of the mindset that I was raised in, that you cheer for the team or the guy that knocked you out. In this case, the team that knocked you out. I was cheering for the Buccaneers and Baker Mayfield. They lost. I'm going to cheer for Detroit the rest of the way. There's several other storylines as to 
why Detroit, I think, will be America's team the rest of the way in the uh, NFL playoffs. Please speak for me. Next hour, Jeff Reinbold will join us to get into the nuts and bolts of the games. And whatever CFL news has come out, uh, Brett Lowther signing at a three-year extension with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Dominic Rhymes signing a two-year deal with the Ottawa Red Blacks. It's a busy Monday. Stick around. We'll be right back after this brief pause on Game Plus and Key Radio.